but um, I got to know you really well before I'll pick on you. So don't worry if I don't know you that well. But um, but I just I'm just curious uh, of us in the room today. How many of us would just say, you know what? I I absolutely believe there is power in prayer. No 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 no. no. See, y'all y'all bunch of church people. I see that y'all just had to jump in on the whole prayer thing. So let's see how anxious you are to raise your hand. I really believe that, that prayer is, is powerful, that there's power in prayer, but I just don't do it like I should. Y'all weren't so quick. Took you a little second there. Yeah, because yeah, see, y'all don't want to admit that. But the, the reality is that I think we believe there's power in prayer, and if we believe God is who, you know, who he says he is and who we claim him to be so often and are so worried about his name being on our money and all of that stuff, that if we, we believe it, it is. But then when it comes to it, when it really comes down to him doing things that only he can do, do we really reach out to him and ask him to do them? Because I think we sometimes, especially, I don't know if it's like we like our misery, and so we just won't ask him. Um, I don't know if it's just that we, you know, we, we got other stuff going on and we think other things will fix it or other people will fix it. I don't know what it is, but I think sometimes we're just afraid to pray like we really need to pray in order to see God do the things that God can do. Because there's a lot of things that people can do for each other. You know, there's a lot of things I can do for you. But there's really a lot of things that I can't do for you, and it's only the power of God working and moving that can make it happen for you. And I'll join right in beside you, and I'll pray for that to happen, but I can't do it. Only he can. And so when it comes to prayer, we've got to really get down to the essence of what it is and begin to dig into to who he is and, and how it is that he wants to answer I don't know why we don't pray the way that we should pray. I mean, there's a lot of things that kind of come. Maybe it's confidence. Maybe we're just not sure we're doing it right. You know, I'm, I'm just not sure. Because I, I, I have a lot of people say, you know, I don't really know how to pray. And my answer is always, if you've ever said that to me, this is my answer. You know how to talk, don't you? Because that's what it is. And, I, you know, some of y'all talk my ears off, but then you, like, won't say nothing to God. And I'm like... You know, he's the one that really you should be talking to and, and not so much me. I don't know if it's that, you know, we're afraid to, to, uh, to really, you know, get God involved because we think maybe he just doesn't care. Um, he's proven over and over again that he cares about us. Um, sometimes I, I, maybe it's that we get kind of bored praying. You know, like we, 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 we feel like it's, mundane to say the same things over and over again or whatever. And I don't know, you know, just, I'm just being honest. Sometimes I fall asleep praying. Anybody ever fall asleep praying? Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, God, you know, I want, would you just move God? I pray that you would just. Don't you think maybe God's a little insulted when I fall asleep in the middle of a conversation with him? I mean, my girls get on to me. The other day, m me and my oldest daughter, Allie, she's not in here. I can, I can tell the story. But she really wanted to watch a movie with me. And it's been this whole thing. I've been wanting to watch this movie, watch a movie. And so finally, we begin to watch the movie. And I'm I, no three minutes in, I woke myself up snoring. No joke. As soon as I got still, I was out. 
And it, and it really hurt her feelings because she wanted to spend some time with me, and I, I fell asleep in the middle of it. And I, can I just tell you that a week later, yesterday, we finished that movie, and I made myself stay awake the entire time because I wasn't going to fall asleep on her again. But, but don't, you know, I, as much as it hurt her feelings, don't you think it probably bothers God when we fall asleep on him like that? I, I mean, you know, I, I used to, like, dismiss it with the whole, but it's, so, it's because I'm such at peace with God. No, it's because I'm, I'm tired and I went to sleep on him, you know? And um, maybe it's, you know, because we, we get so scattered-brained when we do it. I, I pray a lot of times with, like, an ADHD kind of mentality, you know? It's like, God, would you, I just want to see you do a miracle. Miracle. Miracle whip. Man, I'm kind of hungry. Sure would like a sandwich. Man, you know, that sandwich I had the other day was really good. And man, speaking of beds, man, I, that beds, I, you know, I need a new mattress. And, you know, God, if I just had a new mattress, I could just fall asleep. I mean, anybody with me, your prayers just bounce around and you're like, got no rhythm or roll to it or anything. You're just scatterbrained and can't keep your attention. I mean, I think sometimes we don't pray because, you know, the prayers don't seem like they, they keep our attention and we, we bounce around. And so some of y'all are like, I'm so glad our preacher um, prays the way he does. You know, <laughs> y'all are never going to ask me to pray for you again, right? Because there's nothing there. No, I'm just kidding. That's, that's just sometimes. But it happens. And I think if we're all honest, it happens to all of us. Prayer time seems to be kind of a, a mess for so many of us. We get into prayer groups. And then, you know, in the middle of the prayer group, you got the one guy on the side that's Harry Crusher hand. And then you got the other side that's Dead Fish Frankie. Um, and his hand's all cold and clammy. So you can't really pray that because you're getting the hand squeezed on one side and feeling that nasty thing on the other. And it's just can't do that. And man, prayer just sometimes is one of those things that just gets us so messed up. Get people that can pray like, you know, you see angels falling while they're praying. You know, they're praying like scripture and they're praying like, you know, kind of blow us away. And you don't want that, you know, that person that you want, don't want in your prayer group because they pray so good. And it becomes this whole competitive thing. You know, like, you know me, I'm competitive. So I'm going to outpray you. I'm just telling you. I'm going to pray longer and better than you. For you. No, I'm just kidding. But it, it does. It seems that way sometimes. You know, we got to pray in the King James if we pray. And if we can't, can't say it in the King James, we ain't going to say it. That, that, it happens. We get into that. You get a new Christian and they're like, you know, praying kind of funky stuff. God, you're so good. You're good to the last drop. You're like a good neighbor. You're always there. You know, just whatever. They just don't know what to pray. So you get all distracted. I mean, prayer is these things that can get us all messed up if we don't do it. You know, don't know how to do it. Don't know how to approach it. And don't know how to go after it. But I think the most simple thing is to know that there are some mistakes that we make. And if we can overcome the real mistakes that we pray, the, the real mistakes that, that we fall into when it comes to prayer time, then I believe we can get... Um, in a place where we see God doing some amazing things. Listen, he, get, he knows we get distracted. He knows we get tired. He knows that, that things, you know, kind of hop up in our, in our minds. And he knows that most of all, we have an enemy that wants us to be distracted while we're praying, right? And, and so sometimes it's not you that's being, the, you're the problem. It's the enemy who doesn't want you to pray. So there's problems. But listen, there are two main things that I think are the biggest mistakes that we pray. And the first one is, is that our prayers are too small, 
If you want to write that down, you can. Our prayers are too small. And our prayers are too general. They're too general. I think God must get more frustrated. I think he's more frustrated when we pray too small and too general than he does when we fall asleep in the middle of our prayer. I think he really looks at it sometimes and is like, I can't believe you really prayed that. Because that's way too, that's, listen, ask me something that, that I can do, that I can, that I can show who I am in the middle of it. Sometimes we pray for such small things and, and God just wanting to do something better. God, just be with us today. You ever prayed that? God, just be with us today. Now, now I, in all honesty, I've prayed that prayer and sometimes you'll hear me say it, but the reality is he's already said he would never leave me or forsake me. He's with us, okay? Can we just get that out of the way? If we are a follower, he's with us. He's not going to leave us or forsake us. God, will you just help me? You know, with traveling mercies. Listen, he's there with you, and he's going to protect you. You don't really have to ask him for that. Ask him for things that become more specific, that become bigger, things that allow him to show who he is, to begin to understand the, the power of, that he has in him and that he wants to display when you and I reach out to him and the things that, that we are concerned about. But I believe that sometimes it's the lack of specificity and it's really the depth of our prayers that keep God from doing the things that he wants to do in our lives. We, get, we let him be so small. We pray very small and very general. And I'm going to encourage you today to begin to pray very big and very specific in your prayers. To begin to name things in your prayers that are bigger than anything that you or I could pull off on our own. See, now I know he, we can pray the general things and, and we, we need to involve him in that. But the things that when it comes down to really crying out their hearts, it needs to be the fact that we need to be specific. and We need to be big and bold in that. Because we have a big and bold God who is very specific and wants to do the very things that you and I ask him to do. We need to do that because general, so when we pray general prayers, they don't move God to very specific actions. So we need to be very specific in the things that we ask him to do. And so what I want to do is... Help us to ask God for very specific requests and then have faith to believe that he can do what it is that we ask. Things that would be impossible for you and I. One of the times that I think about when, when I think about very specific and very big and very bold prayers is, is one of the accounts that I heard of the life of Martin Luther. Martin Luther was the one who began the the Protestant Reformation who began to reform the church to bring it back to focus on God. And, and man, what an amazing man he was. But the, the, the prayer that he, that he, that I'm, I think of him so much for is not one that was for the church. It was not for himself, but it was actually for his assistant. He had an assistant named Friedrich, um, Machinesius. And he, the, his assistant became very sick. And was on his deathbed and was, 
at a point where he could no longer speak, could no longer take care of it, and, and just days, maybe hours away from death, as, as Martin Luther hears of his, of his sickness. He wrote Luther prior to that in, in a very kind of a farewell that the end is near and that he loved him. And so Martin Luther then wrote back to him, and he said this. Listen to this prayer that he, that he prays. He writes back. He says, I command you in the name of God to live because I still have need of you in the work of reforming the church. The Lord will never let me hear that you are dead, but will permit you to survive me. For this I am praying because I seek only to glorify the name of God. Very specific prayer, right? Very specific. He said, listen, I want you to live, not only to live, but to outlive me. Because there's work to be done, and I want you to live, outlive me, because I want God to be glorified. Think about the prayers that you pray, and why do you pray them? I mean, seriously, I, it's been very, very convicting all week to think about why do I pray what I pray? If we're praying something so that it glorifies us, let me just tell you that God's not interested. If it's a prayer that you pray that's big and bold and specific and glorifies him, he's on board. Not, not because he's conceited and it's all about him. It's like, listen, but that's ultimately that is why we're here. It's to glorify him and have a relationship with him and to lift him up. And when we pray and when we seek him and we interact the way that 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 glorifies him. That's what he's looking for. Martin Luther prays this prayer and says, listen, you're going to outlive me. That's what I'm praying for specifically. That you'll be well and that you'll, that you'll make it happen. That's a, I don't think you could be more bold and specific than that. See, he'd already lost his ability to speak. He'd already lost, he, he was on his deathbed and Luther writes to him and guess what? He lived six more years, two months longer than Martin Luther. So that's a very specific prayer, a very bold prayer that, that, that not only, you know, jumps out at you as, man, dude had some guts, right? But I think it was more than he had guts, he had faith. And he knew that God was working and he knew the importance of his friend in the involvement of seeing the church become all that it was meant to be. To see it turned around and to be used the way that God wanted to use it. And so we're going to learn to pray together over the next few weeks. And we're going to tap into what God's got to the power that he has and the power that he wants to demonstrate to you and to me in our lives. I think in the Baptist church sometimes... You know, that sometimes we, we get so focused in, and, and I, I think we totally miss the power of what God wants to do, the power that he holds and the power that he wants to display in our lives. That if we will simply pray bold prayers and we'll simply seek him out on a bigger level than, than anything we can ever imagine, that he'll answer those prayers and he'll do those things. Man, I look back over the last five years, and it's been, there's been some big, bold prayers prayed for this church. And God's answered them. Uh, almost to the, to, the, to the prayer, he's answered them. 
But there's a lot more that are being prayed and, and there's a lot more to see done. But I'm telling you that he has been moving on some levels. Um, and, and it's because, listen, we're not here. This isn't about, this is never going to be about me. It'll never be about your preacher as long as I'm here. I can tell you that. I, I could care. You could have left me in the dark while ago. I'm perfectly fine with that. I could lose my voice and be perfectly fine with that. I don't need any of that stuff. But what I do need is for God to be lifted up and glorified because that's why he called me here. And if I don't do that, I can tell you that he will move me on and he'll, he'll find somebody else that will. But as long as I'm here, we're going to do everything we can to lift him up and to allow him to be God in this place. When Paul would pray, he would write that, uh, that things would, would happen that way. He would pray a very specific way. And that's what we're going to begin doing over the next couple of weeks is looking at some of the prayers that Paul wrote. Now, if you don't know who Paul is, Paul was uh, really has a very interesting story. He began as Saul. His name was Saul. He was a persecutor of Christians. He would beat them up, torture them, kill them, and punish them for believing in Jesus. Until on, on, on a road one day, he met Jesus and totally changed his life. God changed his name and changed who he was. And Paul became a church planter and began to plant churches raising those churches up, strengthening them, then would move on and plant another. But then in the midst of that, he would write letters back to the other ones to encourage them, which is where we get most of the New Testament that we read in our Bible, a big chunk of it. And so these letters are from a man who once persecuted Christians to now who's lifting them up and is living this faith out and wants to see that lived out not only in those churches, but now through God. Uh, using those, but to encourage us to be that church as well. So we, we want to we dig down into these letters over the next few weeks and find out what he has to say. These are the Pauline epistles, if you want to know specifically what they're called. Maybe, maybe that'll help you win two million on Jeopardy one day. What are the Pauline epistles? They're the letters written by Paul in the Bible to, to encourage these churches. So now you, man, you all learned something that was worth the price of admission, right? You all learned something, you can go home. But here's the thing, those those letters are key to us knowing how to pray and how to see God move in a greater way than we have already. He would write to these churches and he would tell them why he was praying. He would say, I pray. And then he would go on to tell them what he was praying. But, but he would say this really key uh, two, two words in there that really make the difference. He would say, I pray so that. There was always a so that in the middle of his prayers. He would tell you, I pray so that whatever would happen. I pray so that this would happen. I pray so that the world will know him and be, be different because of him. I pray that this would happen and that God would be glorified. The first prayer that we're going to look at says just that in Ephesians 3. If you have your Bibles or phone app, we're going to dig down into it. But in Ephesians 3, Paul writes this prayer to the church in Ephesus, and he writes it from a Roman prison. All right? So he's writing them, and he's talking about what he's praying while he's chained and, and, and under guard um, of, to the church. And he begins to, to help them understand these things. He begins in verse 14, says this, For this reason... 
I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I love the way the first thing he does is he tells us his posture. He says, for this, I kneel before the Father. See, the posture is important when it comes to praying. When we kneel down, that, that acknowledges our surrender to who it is that we're talking to. But let me just tell you, it doesn't matter where you are and what position you're in to be able to pray. You can pray standing up. You can pray sitting down. You can pray kneeling. You can pray laying flat on your face or flat on your back. You, you can pray leaning up against the wall. You know, you can stand on one leg and pray. You can, whatever you need to do, wherever, whatever it takes for you to be focused, but you can pray anywhere and he hears it. But there is something about kneeling, I believe, that is a surrender position that kind of puts you in, a, in, a, in one of the most vulnerable places that you can be. And Paul says, listen, I kneel before the Father. I surrender before him to the one who is in heaven and everybody in heaven and on earth that, that his name is the name above all names. He says, listen, I'm there. In this particular case, Paul decides to kneel. And, and, um, and so it's pretty cool to, to just see his reverence in what he's doing. He says in verse 16, he says, I pray. Say, I pray. Say it again. I pray. I, pr I pray. That out of his glorious riches. Now let me just kind of stop you there for a second. Think about this. Anybody in here have been broke? I mean, I'm, I mean, I like two hands sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I've been broke too, right? But let me just tell you, though, that our Father in heaven, man, he owns it all. He has amazing riches for you and I to understand and, to, and to, to pull from. Not only does he have riches like he owns the cattle on a thousand hills kind of riches, but he has the spiritual riches that you and I desperately need in our lives, that we desperately need to pull on and to, and to, to claim from in order to see him do the things that only he can do. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches... Paul says, my God will meet all of your needs according to his glorious riches. He's, we serve an infinitely spiritually rich heavenly father, and yet so many of us, listen, an infinitely rich spiritually rich father, yet so many of us are spiritually impoverished. Think about where you are in your relationship with God. Is it a rich one? Or is it a poor one? It is it one that you... That, that like you feel like the, the, like the cup's overflowing? Or do you feel like, man, the cup's run dry? I think if we understand our Heavenly Father and who He is, that we don't have to let our cups run dry. I know some of you are, are struggling dealing with some things in your life, and, and maybe you're, you're, this is where you are. You're just, the cup, just, you just seem to can't get anything to stay. But I'm telling you that our Heavenly Father, man, He's the one that's got it all. Paul says, I pray that I have His glorious riches, that He may do what? That he may strengthen you with the power through the Holy Spirit in your inner being. That he may strengthen you. 
Right? My life used to always be about strength. Everything I did, I, when I ran health clubs and, and when I worked out and all that, man, everything was wrapped around strength. In fact, it was the one thing that almost kept me from accepting Christ because I thought I could handle it all myself because I had this mentality that I could always lift more, I could always do more, man, I could handle it. Until the day that I really was convinced that if the gates of hell slammed on me, that there was no way I could bench press them back open. And I had to completely change my whole approach to life. But it says, I pray that out of his glorious riches that he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being. So that inside of you that you can know that there is a power inside of you that is greater than anything else that you've ever experienced. There's a greater power in you than you could ever find in a bank loan. That you could ever find in the you know in a in a job that would that would pay you you know six figures. There's more inside of you because of the Holy Spirit than anything you know any person that you thought you could if you could just get her or him life would be good. That there is something inside of you when the Holy Spirit lives inside of you that changes how you totally look at life. Paul says, I kneel before the Father, I surrender myself, and I pray that out of his glorious riches that he will strengthen you with this power that, just, that is inside. Not on the outside, but is on the inside driving you to be who it is that he wants you to be. See, I think again, sometimes in, sometimes in the church we're afraid to talk about power. And we're, t we're afraid to talk about strength and we're afraid. But listen, can I just tell you that most of the time when I sit down with people and the things that they want to talk about with me are really when it comes down to it is a lack of that power in them. When I'm the farthest from God, when I'm struggling and I'm dealing with things that I deal with in my life, when I know there's sin in my life, let me just tell you, it's when I'm not leaning on the power that's available to me to keep me from being there. But it's the power of God, a power that reaches down and it, and it touched Jesus and it brought him back to life. Anybody in here ever do that? You got any of that in your pocket? No, but God's got that. And he offers that to me and to you to work through us when it comes to praying for the things that we want to see him do in our lives. He says, I pray that you'll have that. And then here in verse 17, he gives us the so that. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. He wants you to have power so that Jesus will live inside of you and you'll have the, the faith to believe it and trust it and live like it. Paul says, I kneel down and I pray that God will just pour himself out on you so that you will have the power to let Christ live in you and let him be the one that you go to in the darkest of your times when you're struggling the most and when, when you want to be used the way that he created you to be used. Man, what an incredible picture that he offers us of what prayer really is. Our prayers are to be the same thing that Paul demonstrates to us that be on our knees 
to be in a posture where we offer it to God and we, and we call on the power and the strength that he has to pour it out on whatever situation we're facing, whatever person we're, we're praying for, and to see it happen. So Paul here demonstrates that there is always to be a so that. So that Christ may dwell in you. That he may strengthen you. This word that we, that we see here, this word power in the Greek, it was the word dunamis. And dunamis is this amazing word that we get the word dynamite from. Right? Some of us are praying with firecrackers. He says, listen, I want you to pray with dynamite. Because if you take a rock and you stick a firecracker in it, what's it going to do? Pap. Right? You take that dynamite and you stick it in that rock and it's going to blow it all to pieces. That's the difference in what we're talking about. Some of us are praying firecrackers, and he says, listen, I got dynamite for you. I'm ready for you to call on it and use it and let it do some amazing things for you. So I pray that out of the glorious riches that my God would strengthen you with dunamis, with power that's available to you and me when it, is, when it comes to, to what we pray about. You know, last year, or earlier this year, and we're living this in, in another house, but um, man, the, one time, one night, the, the cable went out. Man, can you imagine? The cable and the internet, it was out in my house. And it's late at night, and you can't call, you know, Spectrum don't come out at night. I mean, and so it's like utter chaos in the house. When you got a, you know, a nine-year-old and a 16-year-old and 50-year-old that really wanted their cable and their internet. And so, man, I'm like panicked. I call them up and they're like, oh, wait, I'm sorry, Ms. Lovin, we can't get there but until, you know, two days later. I'm like, are you crazy? I can't go without internet and cable for two days. Ah. And finally, the guy comes, you know, I stay home and meet him there that morning. And he gets to messing around with stuff. And he's like, well, Mr. Loft, I don't know what's wrong. It should be working. It's, I don't know. Can you show me where it's plugged in at? I'm like, yeah, it's plugged in right there, you know. It's, he's like, oh, well, there's got to be a booster somewhere. Oh, well, it's, it's plugged in right there. He's like, oh, okay. Well, check it now. You see, it seems that my mother-in-law decided to flip a switch that she didn't need to flip. And it cut the cable and the power off because this one little thing that plugged in controlled all of it. Now think about it. The power of that little switch and the, what the power it had on my whole family for, for two days. And all I had to do was that. I'm, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm pretty good at working through most things. But anyway, so the, so the power of this one little switch, right? It, had, it controlled my whole family. But think about this now. Come on, put it in perspective. 
You and I have the little switch that we can flip that has power over everything, over life and death and, and everything that we see. Now, I'm not, I'm, let me just be very honest with you. Listen, we're going to pray very specific and bold prayers for people who are very sick and, are, and, and they are going to pass away. Okay? I mean, just being straight with you. Many of you know that. Many of you I have prayed those prayers with. You know, and we've prayed some pretty, pretty difficult prayers together. And we've, we've seen that bold, very specific prayer not be answered the way that we prayed. And so I know for some of us in the room, maybe we're saying, you know, but Ron, wait a minute. I prayed that kind of prayer. And I prayed it so that God would be glorified. I prayed it so that something good would come of it. I know, I prayed those prayers too. And it didn't go that way. But can I just tell you, though, that I, I want to I challenge you a little bit on the so that part. Because some of us prayed some prayers for some people who... Who passed anyway. And because of that, some other people got to hear the gospel. Some other people got to be encouraged and challenged where they are in their faith. Some other people now believe in Jesus because of what the faith that you showed, even praying through that, even when your prayer wasn't answered. So I got to challenge you on what the so that sometimes looks like. Sometimes that so that is still going to be for us, painful and hurtful. It's not going to go the way that we have prayed for it to, by our sight. But can I just tell you that by God's sight and by his plan and his purpose, it was more than what we prayed for. And that's sometimes hard for us to swallow. I get it. Some of you, I've sat in the room, I've looked you square in the face and said, I don't know why that happened. And I... I and I don't at this point. But I do know that God doesn't make mistakes. God says he never leaves us or forsakes us. And I know that his plan is way better than my plan. And so, so what I'm encouraging you to do, though, is because you didn't get the answer to that prayer, don't quit praying those prayers. We still have to pray because that power exists. There's still day after day after day, there are examples of that power moving and, and working in every kind of situation. So don't quit praying that. Don't quit praying that the answer for, for the so that will become very obvious to you. I can tell you that I've had to pray those myself out of my own prayers that didn't get answered. And I've had to just pray, God, I, I don't know why you, I don't, I, I don't know why. But I do know that if I'll continue to trust you, that I'll see why. And that I'll be able, to be, be able to be a part of you doing something greater than I could have even thought of and could have pulled out of a situation. So don't quit praying those prayers. I love the way Paul goes on in Ephesians 17. He keeps on and he says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love. I mean, this thing is about loving God, loving others and loving, telling them about him. It's about being grounded in love. He says, so may have power together in all the Lord's holy people to grasp. Listen to this, to grasp how wide 
and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. He prays, I pray, I'm on my knees praying that God will pour out on you power to strengthen you so that people will be able to know how amazing God's love is. Your supposedly no answer is so that somebody else can see just how amazing God is. Sometimes that's so counterintuitive, but man, when you love God and you let him work through you, I tell, I'm telling you, it begins to become very clear to you that God's doing something greater in, in the loss of something that we care about or someone we care about than we could ever do with holding on to them. So that people can know just how amazing his love is. He says, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure and all the fullness of God. Listen, I've watched some of you grow through some of the most awful situations and come out on the other side of it, and I could see you so full of God and his goodness. I would have traded places with you in a moment of your pain. But man, at the end, it was amazing to see what God did through you. Sometimes when we pray, I I think that we miss out on what God really does have in store for us. And he wants us to ask some really bold and crazy stuff of him. You know, sometimes I used to struggle. I, my, if you, I, I'll share my whole testimony some other time. But, but, you know, one of the things I realized that I got around a bunch of guys that had something I didn't have. You ever been around somebody where you say, you know what, I, I don't have what they have. Sometimes we don't like to pray because we don't pray because we, we don't have what they have. And you know why you don't have what they have? Because you don't have what they have. You just don't. But it's available to you. And it's there so that God can grow you and can make you into who it is that he created you to be. And it's these prayers or that we're to pray or the prayers that stretch us out into really who it is that he wants us to be. See, if we just pray the simple basic prayers, we'll always kind of be just a simple basic Christian. I don't guess there's anything wrong with that. Saved and going to heaven, that's good. You know, but can I just tell you, though, that when we just are saved and just go to heaven, we totally miss out on really the amazingness of God. To see him be able to do things that only he can do. It's crazy sometimes to think about what we could really ask of God and that he would be willing to do. But it's got to be supernaturally revealed for us to ever really understand it. And that's sometimes where we don't want to go. Parents, one of the most important prayers that you can pray for your children is that God would give them the power to understand who he is. 
And for sometimes for him to understand, for them to understand that, they may have to go through some hurtful stuff. But the most, the best prayer you can ever pray for your kids is that God will give them the power to strengthen them to get to know him for who he is, who he really is. Spouses, you want to pray for your spouse? Pray that God will give them the power to truly understand who God is. Because when they understand who he is, listen, they won't have to go find the approval of somebody else. They'll be satisfied with him, and your, your relationship can be all that it's supposed to be. God, it's not, and love, love is not just something that God does. Love is who he is. And so to know his love, to, to have the power to know God and the love that he has is, is man, it's, it's on a whole other level of, you know, the love that we kind of throw around to each other. You know, sometimes we always talk about, we hope there's a difference between how I love my wife and how I love Pringles and Reese's. You know, we kind of talk about that, that, you know, we kind of use that. But I'm, I'm not so sure sometimes we don't love God like we love Pringles and Reese's. You know, we just kind of love him because he's there, and when we need him, we can call on him, and he, he kind of does what we need him to, and he's like this cosmic genie that we, you know, we rub the lamp, and he, poof, he pops up. And I, I, I think sometimes we, we make the mistake of, of doing that, but let me just tell you that God's called us to pray prayers that don't call on a cosmic genie. But they call on the Heavenly Father who owns everything that wants to love you and to love me in a way that we can't even understand without Him revealing it to us. That He wants to love us in a greater way and do the things that it is that, that He wants to do for us so that we become more of just fulfilling the purpose that He made us for. I love the way Charles Finney he was a famous evangelist in the 1800s. Uh, he was a follower of Jesus, and, and, um, and then he, he had this like deeper encounter where he really began to sink himself in. And, and this is how he described it. He said, the Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. And I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come. And he said this, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love. Now think about that. Waves and waves of liquid love. I, I love this picture up here because it's the waves of the mountains. You know, and I was kind of thinking about it. It's like the waves of how God's love, man, it just keeps on going. Right? When you look out over the mountain range, you can kind of just see him going. Man, that's, that's how God's love is. It's just, it just goes on and on and on. And when we understand prayer and the power that we can pray it in, man, he just pours himself out on you and me like that. And he answers those prayers and allows us to see him for who he really is. This power that he prays with. And then it comes down to verse 20. I love that you and I can pray big and specific prayers. And here's what it says in verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all, than all we ask or imagine. Think about this. God is the one who can do immeasurably more than you and I can imagine. I've got a big imagination. I've told you that before. 
Like I imagine big things. Like I imagine like crazy stuff sometimes. Of, of what he could do and how he could do it and who he could use to do it with. Like some of y'all, you just need to know that I'm praying like some crazy prayers for y'all. I'm just, I pray crazy prayers for all of you. But for some of you very specifically, I see God doing some things in you that you don't see in, in yourself. And I pray those crazy prayers for you. And he says that he can immeasurably do immeasurably more than I can imagine. Some of y'all are in trouble. <laughs> According to his power that has worked within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. You and I have the ability to call on God who can do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. And he can do it so that he can be glorified and Christ can be lifted up. Today, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. Specifically. That you, that you, will be willing to do exactly what he shows you you should do from this point on. That you will begin to pray prayers that call not on, you know, on convenience store Jesus, where, you know, you just run in and grab it and run out. But no, I'm talking about the one that can do immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine. That you'll pray to him and ask him, to be the one that moves in your situations. The one that brings you comfort. The one that brings you peace. The one that brings you to a place of serving where he has asked you to serve. The one who's calling you and leading you now that you know very well that you don't have a relationship with him, but he's moving in your life and he wants you to have that relationship. I'm praying today that, that you accept that. Today. See, can I, can, let me just, can I help you out? How many of you come for the early morning prayer at 10? How many of you get here for that? Right, so there's like, there's a few of you and there's some of the kids workers and all that. All right, so listen, at 10 o'clock we pray every Sunday morning. And can I just tell you though that we've been praying wrong for a long time? Because that prayer is to have a very specific purpose and it hasn't had that purpose. But from today on it's going to have that purpose. And here's what that purpose is going to be. And you need to know it because when you walk in, if you don't get here until... After 10 o'clock, you're going to know that this prayer has been prayed for you. At 10 o'clock, we're going to pray. We're not going to pray for anybody's big toe. No corns, no, you know, none of that. No hemorrhoids, none of that stuff. We're not praying for that anymore. Sorry, I just had to get the picture. We're going to pray at 10 o'clock that God's spirit would be so evident in this place every Sunday morning at 1030 that people can't help but to accept it and be changed by it. That prayer is not for, I mean, listen, we'll pray for those things. You know, write them down on that. Uh, if you write them on your card, I promise you, I'm going to pray for it this week. But that's not what that time is for. That time is to pray that God does what God wants to do in this place. We give it over to him and we let him have whatever we do in this place. Uh, and please, don't, I don't mean that ugly against anybody that's been leading that prayer or anything. Because they've been doing exactly, they've been doing the right thing. They've been praying. I don't mean that ugly, but I'm telling you from this point on, we're changing that. And that prayer is going to be that God's spirit moves in a powerful way in this place. If you want me to pray for your big toe, come get me. I'll pray for that. 
But at 10 o'clock, we're going to pray that God does amazing stuff in this place at 1030. If there's five of us or there's 500 of us, that God does what he wants to do. And the rest of us can just hang on and, and ride along with what he wants. Because, see, I believe there's time where we've, been, we've not been praying for God to save people, to, to bring them to a knowledge where they accept Christ and are changed for eternity. If you don't pray that for your church, listen, you're praying the wrong prayer for your church. Don't pray for your pastor that he'll have more energy to do all the things he has to do. Thank you for those that pray that. But how about praying for me that I'll have more opportunities to tell people about Jesus? Amen. I'm good with that. Pray for me that I don't miss opportunities to tell people about Jesus. Pray that I don't miss opportunities to tell my kids and my wife about Jesus. They know him, I think. Just, that's a joke. I'm just being funny. Lightening it up a little bit. They do, but, but just pray for me in that, because those are the things. That's the power that I want to see happen. So I'm going to pray the same for you. We'll pray for healing. We'll pray for all those things because those are the things that God will do as well. But man, let's get serious about people knowing him and being changed by him. And then the power of our prayers is, I'm, going, I'm telling you, it will be different. So today I, I kneel before the Father. I pray that out of his glorious riches, that he will touch you where you are in your relationship with him and that of, out of all that he has, that he will pour himself out on you so that you will be, that you can't help but to want to know him better. And that in all of the things that you struggle with, whether it be addiction or hurt or just the, the habits that you have, whatever it may be in your life, that you'll seek him out and the power that he has to heal you and to make you whole and to use you in the way that he wants you to be used. God, today I pray that you would touch this church body. That God, that you would begin to move in lives of people that I know, I know want you to move in them. But I see some hesitation. I see some resistance because maybe they're just not sure what that's going to cost. Maybe they're just not sure what that's going to really look like. But God, today I just pray that you'll move in every life in this room today. That you'll take each one of us to a deeper level in our relationship with you. For those that are here that, that have never accepted the fact that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for their sins. To pay that price. With your, with your life. God, I pray that those who, who've never come to a place to, to repent of their sin and just accept the forgiveness that you offer through Jesus' death on that cross, that have never experienced the eternal life that you give because you didn't let him stay dead, you raised him on the third day. And God, for those in the room who've never made a decision to accept your son Jesus that today would be the day they would make that choice God for those in the room that maybe have made that choice in the past but God have just been living it in a shallow level of just, just enough to call themselves Christian God may today be the day that they choose 
to go deeper with you. God, that your power would pour out over them and drive them to the scriptures. God, that that would drive them to come alongside me and let me walk them through what it is that you have for them. God, I, I ask you to do whatever it is that you need to do in this place to make us more like you. So God, during this song, I pray that our hearts will just be open to what you have for us. That maybe it's just time to confess to you, God, what it is that's been keeping us from being all that you want us to be. Maybe it's time to go tell somebody that we're sorry. We love them. God, I just have this sense that you want to do something this morning that I hadn't even imagined. I hadn't even prayed about or thought about. So God, may you just have freedom in this place to do what it is that you want to do. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.